Episode 122 of the Talking Bollocks podcast brought to you by Go Loud. It's me, COB. It's me, Harry Flow. And today we're joined by. That's your cue. I've got to say my name. <laughs> when we point that you, Adam, you know what I mean? Uh, Adam, no, pleasure to be here, boys. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Thanks for, for coming, coming in, on, Adam. Yeah. How are you? How's things? I'm all right now that I've had a nap. Like, this was going to be a fucking rope you record, I'll be honest with you, until. Go on, fill us in. What happened to you today? So the only flight I could get really that got me here in comfortable time was at like 7am. So that's a 4am start for me. And I was like, oh, I'll be all right. I'll have a few coffees. I'll have a pint of Guinness. I'll be sound. I got to like half 11 over here and I was like, I need to go for the kip. So I just walked into a hotel and booked a hotel for tonight that I'm not going to stay in <laughs> just so I could have four hours kip. Yeah, so the podcast is doing well for you as well. Brown money on And the most surprising thing that you said to me earlier on before we started is a Ryanair flight left early this morning. Oh, yeah, 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes early, yeah. Everyone was on, so they were like, oh, fuck it, let's go. Yeah. That's one That's just one of the strangest things I've ever heard <laughs> with Ryanair. That's Seriously. a phenomenon. You know, that's probably the best flights I've had this year as well. Run, like, with mad, with Ryanair, yeah. Like, I've been in the States quite a bit recently, like, doing different things. And every flight has left either late or there's been a problem with it. The flight that I got from Nashville to New York, I was trying to get Wi-Fi on my phone to say goodbyes to my loved ones because <laughs> it was a two-hour, 20-minute flight and there was five minutes where there was no turbulence and the rest of it... It's just bouncing. <laughs> lad, I've never experienced anything like it. Like, I haven't f- flown loads in my life. I didn't get a plane until I was, like, 25. Like, Oi! Because I was just, like, when we were kids, we didn't go abroad. We had, like, no money. So we were, all our holidays were, like, domestic. We'd go to, like, North Wales and stay in a fucking caravan for a weekend. <laughs> my mum and dad were like, no, this, this is what Spain's like as well. <laughs> <laughs> so we just never bothered. And then I got to a certain age and I got scared of flying because I'd never done it. Because I can't understand. I'm scared of anything I don't understand. Do you know what I mean? I don't, and to this day, like, if you have to tell me how planes fly, can you give me any sort of... Trust. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. Yeah. You've got to trust that it just does. No, I mean actual trust, as in. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as in it's been propelled by trust. <laughs> Momentum like trust. <laughs> this is going to be bad. Lads. It's going to be a bad one already. I know I can feel it. So I got scared of it and I was like, I just can't do it. And then people always told me turbulence was bad. And I've had planes for the past couple of years where I'm like, do you know what? This is all right. Like, turbulence to me has always felt like you're just on a bus. And that's always like, I've always just been on buses my whole life. <laughs> so it didn't feel too, it didn't feel too bad. Do you know what I mean? It just feels like you're just sort of like on a bit of a dodgy road that needs a bit of road. Lad, I swear to God, I felt like I was holding onto a fucking kite on that plane from Nashville to New York. It was fucking all over the place. My bag at one point moved, my coffee just went all over the gap. It was fucking horrendous but the one over yesterday light skies really nice day in Liverpool nice day in Dublin up straight back down takes about 15 minutes literally 15 minutes I won't come down with the trolley she gets to like row train she has she to turn around she was shitting herself today because she knew she had like four minutes to get everyone saved and it's Ryanair so they've got to make as much money as possible because everyone's paid three quid for the fucking flight <laughs> yeah. and she's like do you want a coffee do you want a coffee I ordered a coffee and she didn't have it at a station and she rolled her eyes Cause she's like, do you want a drink? You've got like uh, beers, you've got water, Coke, Diet Coke, and I went, do you want any coffee? And she went, oh, 
Yeah. <laughs> she charged me three euros, but then I had to go back to her little station at the front to get it because it wasn't on the thing. She just wanted to give me something and fuck off. But yeah, it was a good flight. Yeah. <laughs> the fella sitting there like Dennis Bergkamp, afraid to fly anywhere. <laughs> Isn't it mad that right now what you're saying? I'd, sometimes I'd be walking down the road, right, and I look up in the sky, and there's just a plane up there with 300 people on it. Yeah. Just flying, boys. Yeah. Is that not the maddest thing in the world? Do we never just stop and think about that? We never think about anything. The human race just gets told, like most people who can't invent stuff, we just accept stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if you had to go back, right, you're from the 21st century. Yeah. yeah. You're from here. You've got all the av advances of technology. All the knowledge that mankind has ever had is in your fucking pocket right now. If I put you in a time machine and sent you back to the 1600s where there was no lights or whatever, right, could you make a light bulb? I always think this, like, you know when they say, like, the apocalypse is coming, or, like, if you were in The Walking Dead and, like, civilization collapsed, yeah, and, like, I don't know, a few thousand people survive, and you're like, look, we're sound, nothing's going to kill us, we're all right to go again. We're still fucked, we're still going to live like cavemen. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, we couldn't well, invent anything. Unless, like, super intelligent inventors survive, but, yeah. Yeah, you've got to protect. Not like soldiers or anything. Get the most intelligent people, put them in a bunker, they should be nowhere near World War Three. We've got to look after them. Do you know how electricity works? Do no. how planes work? No. Do you know how... Could you reinvent the internet? Could you no. do anything with any sort of computer code? <laughs> no. <laughs> Nothing. Carbon code. With Carbon all... Code. Could you really? With a degree in computer science, Adam. Right, okay. So could you reinvent the internet? Tell no. me how the internet works. Explain it to me right now. So it's a centralized system. Yeah. See, that's just, that's just words. Yeah, but it's a system. Basically, the internet is like a load of computers connected to more computers, basically. Okay. That's all that is. Your website, so when you click on to say Ticketmaster, yeah, you're clicking onto a computer. That site is hosted on a server. Server is essentially a computer with no monitor. Okay. And that's how that works. Thanks, good. Yeah. I love how Terrence, right? <laughs> so, so how the setup has worked, right? So the three of us are in a room here. There's a separate room then at the side where our producer, Siobhan, sits, right? So when you said to me, can you reinvent the internet? Terence said Calvin would. And I was like, yes, yes, when I started talking. When I finished talking, Terence <laughs> nodded towards Siobhan as if to say, is that correct? <laughs> as if like, Siobhan is able to reinvent the internet now. Have you got a zing off of this week? I actually wanted to go back to the Ryanair thing. Oh, right, right. Okay. Back then. Because you know when you're on a Ryanair flight and it's delayed, you know it's delayed. It's you to leave at five o'clock. It's half five. You're not even on the plane yet. Yeah. You get on the plane, they do the flight or whatever, and grand, and you land. And then you're pulling in to the gate, and it's like, doo -doo 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 -doo. we have arrived 15 minutes early. You lying <laughs> bastard. We fucking haven't arrived early because we're half an hour late getting on the plane. Yeah. I'm onto that though, because they do this all the time. So, like, when I booked to come here today, it says flight time an hour and 10 minutes. Yeah, it's that's lies. 25. Yeah, lies. Do that so they can be 35 minutes late and still be early. Yeah. Yeah, I had to do the maths in my head. They always add. Yeah. They know they're going to be late. Mm. So they, they always just add a little bit of time so they can fuck it over like that. Like, oh, we're early. No, 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 no. We're late. Yeah. We should have been super early and we're not. We're on time because you lied about how long the, the fucking is. journey is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so here we are. Zing on, Calvin. So, Adam, you've never listened to an episode of this podcast before, Bar Bits and Bob. So, zingers are just like little icebreakers that we do at the start of the episode. Little either or, would you rather, do you call it this, do you call it that, etc. So, my brother, shout out to AJ, he's 15, he listens to the podcast, says to me the weekend, have a good zinger. Would you rather get two cents for every step you take or 50 cents every time you jump? Every cent every time you jump? Yeah, jump, no. Just jump everywhere. So would you just jump walking down the road like a tick then? No, I'd walk and I'd jump when I'm in the gaff in the shipping room on my own. Yeah, but imagine how many steps you take a day and then just coming into the gap and just checking your bank balance then. 
Now, I know it's only two cents, but if you're doing like 10,000 steps a day, it adds up. Yeah, but all you have to do is jump more often than every 25 steps and you're in profit. I think this single would make more sense if it's you have 24 hours for that and then it's gone. No. So in 24 hours, how many steps are you going to do and how many jumps are you going to do? Well, that's different because you're determined to do it then. I'm just talking about a day-to-day life. Like but you walk jumps, everywhere. Then I just keep jumping in the gaff till I have like two but, grand. For what I, I was thinking. Two grand for the day. I don't need to do it again today. <laughs> now, go out, spend it, do whatever. Tomorrow we'll do a few more jumps. Four thousand jumps. That'd be. Yeah. <laughs> I'm walking. Four. I'm walking. What I was saying is like, imagine going into the shop and ordering a coffee, and you won't be like, right, that's a uh, three eighty, and you're standing there jumping on the spot. Then, <laughs> like, yes, sound. There you go. Like that sound though. Yeah. I picked now in fairness Adam I'm richer five times more it's so, like you're so fucking mental if you're even considering walking so just jump every now and then it's so much you're going to be looking at your watch right and be like oh there's 25 steps I bet to jump the next one and just keep going then like just jump like for 20 minutes before you even start your day did I hear a rumour that you were like a mathematician fella or something back in the day <laughs> So, basically, why you rain man? You accuse me of like an assault? <laughs> yeah, I just think it's a very strange one. It's like yeah. a mathematician to a comedian. Yeah. It's like being like a scientist to a drug dealer. Do you get yeah, me? Yeah. Like it's a bit of a That's strange. actually a much shorter walk. Scientists are often good with chemistry, and then <laughs> no, well, you never see Breaking Bad. No. <laughs> yeah, sorry, boys. The Walter. Yeah, White, I, I, I got into the uni lift pills to do a maths degree, uh, and I went for a week and then left. Like, where did it all go wrong for you? Like, how did you end up here? <laughs> Do, you get me? Do you know what? I just I think I was always really like ridiculously good at maths as a kid. And then when you're really good at stuff like that, especially in like a school like mine, which is a normal school, like we've got a fucking a rainman kid on our hands here. So they push you into it. They're like, you're gonna get the highest score this school's ever scored on these fucking GCSEs and A levels and stuff. You're gonna be a mathematician. And then my parents get pushed by the school, so they're going yeah. to be, you wanna be a mathematician. So I'm like a fucking ten-year-old just repeating what he's been told. I'm like, I want to be a mathematician. And I got to 18 and I was like, I don't think I want to be a mathematician. <laughs> I don't want anything that this... I got to uni and I was like, what is going to make me happy about like any of these careers? Like a, te a maths teacher or an accountant or an actuary or something. What the fuck am I going to do? And I'd already been doing stand-up like a year. I was like, I'm just going to throw everything into that instead. And I, I remember talking to me dad and I was shitting myself because... First kid in the family to go to uni. He's all proud, telling all his mates, ah, ah, Adam's gone to uni. He's a fucking genius. He's going to be this maths guy. And I was like, I'm going to be a clown, dad. Is that all right? <laughs> I asked him for 10 years. I said, give me 10 years to give it a crack. And then if I fucked it and it's not going well, I won't even be 30 yet. I can fix me life. Yeah. And he was like, all right, go. Oh, yeah. Because you told me that. Yeah. But I copped him when you're like 25 times more likely. And then you're adding up. And I'm looking at him going, yeah, this fella knows what he's talking about here. Do you get me? We'd be good with numbers. Yeah, I'm decent with numbers. Yeah. What's 25 multiplied by 5? Fuck off. No, he's good. He's good, this fella. He is, yeah. No, the awkward. The awkward it says ones. a lot about your maths ability that you were impressed by me doing yeah. 25 times. I'm not the brightest young flat if you haven't picked her up just yet. Yeah. <laughs> not the brightest. Come here, you only got that counting cards, Adam. I think I could do it, but I've never tried to What's learn. counting cards? What's his mean by In that? blackjack. That's oh, that's right, like right. the real test of someone's maths ability. Yeah. That's like, so like no disrespect to maths teachers, but if someone was telling you your whole life you're gonna be a mathematician and you end up being a maths teacher, <laughs> like you've really set the bar low there, you know what I mean? You haven't fulfilled your full potential. Yeah, I sort of let go of that dream when I like when I got to A level, I was helping my maths teachers with stuff. Yeah. They'd set like a, a thing and be like, This is how you do it, and I'd go, There's like a way to cut like three of those steps out, you know, sir. And they'd be like, Show us what you mean, and I'd show them and they'd be like, 
Yeah, you can do it that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, it started annoying one of them. One of them, who was like a great teacher. I'd show him the quicker way and he'd be like, yeah, but we don't teach that because it's harder. Yeah. So just like we teach the easier one. The other fella would be like, yeah, just, uh, yeah, yeah, that's good, that, well in. <laughs> well in. Like insecurity. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think I could count cards, but I've never bothered to learn. Yeah, I've yeah. tried it before now. Like very, very, very loose, loose, like loose way of doing it now. Not keeping score, but just, you're just keeping an eye on how many low cards have come out and then how many yeah. high cards you think are going to be left in the deck, six decks, all that, and then just go. I think it's so mad that Blackjack is still played at casinos when it is totally beatable. Yeah, it's the and only game beatable in a casino. If you count cards, you, you will just win. Yeah, every time. Yeah. Mm. I did it in Vegas. Like, in my head, I was keeping track of what was happening. And then I was betting $20 a hand, $20 a hand. Then I'd be like, right, there's a hundred bum. And then Blackjack would come out and I'd be like, right. And I did that two or three times and I got paranoid then. Because the manager <laughs> come over. The manager come over and I was like, oh, they're going to throw me out. Like, you know what they do in the films? And he literally yeah. come over and was like, do you want to sign up to be a member? And I was like, no. And I was like, I was, take them chips and I leave. And I'm there thinking I'm at the bankrupt in Vegas. I went up the cash out and the man's like, yeah, there's $800. I was like, oh. <laughs> Like, meanwhile, the fella at the table beside me is probably at the bet in a grand and losing it. You know what I mean? Have you seen 21? Yeah. In Spacey. Have so, you seen it? No. This I is see. why I, I brought that up. So my Matt Seach on Skill was talking about that and how good them kids were at Matt's that. Yeah. So our equivalent of GCSEs is the leaving cert. Yeah. So you do higher level yeah. Matt's in the leaving cert. You actually get 25 more points then you will for doing a normal exam. Yeah. So like if you do higher level English and higher level maths, you get 100 over 100, you get 125 for doing yeah. maths. That's how hard it is. He told us that the kids in that film, when they were in primary school, they could sit, leave insert maths. That's how yeah. good they were at maths. And that's why like they were basically cherry picked and brought to MIT and then brought from MIT to Vegas to clean out the place. So the highest grade you can get in the UK is an A star. So there's A and then A star. And I only got an A at maths at GCSE and I had to have a meeting with the fucking head of year because I'd let the school down because they were banking on me for an A star. Because I just didn't revise. Like mm. I was I was a bright kid, but I was also a bit like, ah, oh, fuck this. Yeah. yeah. And I just didn't bother. And I pissed me GCSEs and I got an A and I was made up and they were like, this isn't good enough. I was like, does it's it fucking a. matter though? Like yeah. to them, it wasn't good enough. And that's how audible school is, especially in the UK where it's all like, results driven like the school like we didn't get an a stars like it doesn't affect my life at all and you're having a chat with me the reason i mentioned 21 i wanted to give uh, the goat question to him you know with the the three doors. yeah yeah Oi, what is it right so you're on a game show yeah right? and i'm the host yeah and there's three doors here door yeah. one two and three mm -hmm. and i say to you right behind one of these doors is a million pound and behind the other two doors is a big pile of cow shit right and whatever door you pick you're going to have to take home what it is. If you pick the couches, you're taking the couches home. You can do whatever you want once you get it there, but you're taking it home. million pounds, two pounds of couches. So do you want door number one, door number two, door number three? Door number one. Door number one, right. So then I will open door number two and show you the big pile of couches, right? And I go, right. So as you can tell, that one's got the couches in. You're still looking for the million pound. Just before we open another door, we're going to give you the option. Do you want to stay with door number one? or switch to door number three. Is it in your interest? Not just what are you going to do. Is it in your interest? Is it statistically beneficial to you to switch doors? No. Why? It's a common misconception, this book. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, this is I'm such a nerdy, nervous. this is such a nerdy yeah. math thing and it fucking gets me dick hard. You know yeah, I see, but this is like, we don't stuff like this in college, the probability, and then you take a kind of logical approach to it. Yeah. And this is not the kind of thing that like makes my bleeding head go off like a Christmas tree. If I switch that, yeah. right, I'd never live with myself. <laughs> but, I'm going to wrap this up. Wrap this up. <laughs> if I switched, yeah. Yeah. Why would you want to switch? You'll go with odds and numbers. Yeah. Yeah. So 
when them doors come out, what were your odds on picking the right one, Terry? One and three. Right, so you've 33% chance of yeah. picking the right one. He showed you the wrong door. Now you've two doors left. So what's your odds? 50-50. But no. it's not. Because you picked that when you had a one in three chance. You had a two in three chance of being wrong. So even though I've shown you one of them's fucked, the other one has actually got a two in three chance of being the right door. Yeah. Like when you originally picked one, one of the others always had cow shit in. It doesn't matter which one I open and show that's got cow shit in. When you chose, you had a one in three chance of being right and a two in three chance of being wrong. So when I said to you, like forget I'd opened one for the sec, right? If I went, right, you've picked door number one. If I went to you at that moment, right, you can either keep door number one or you can have both of the others. You'd take it, wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. Why is it different once the door's open? You know one of them's got cow shit behind. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, that's at the fucking my head up. So if you're ever in that scenario, <laughs> right. if you're ever in that scenario, always switch the doors. Yeah. Always switch it off. Yeah. Right. Remember deal or no deal? Did you just get that over there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We had, well, you we know had your the, version though. You know, the, <laughs> yeah, you know did, at the yeah. very end of it? Yeah. And it was like, do you want to swap? Always swap. You got a 21 in 22 chance of the other one being the desirable box. No, boys, please. Scott, <laughs> I don't want to get too hung up on this. After this, remind me of this, yeah. boys, afterwards. Seriously, because yeah. I didn't want to figure this out to do, yeah? Right, but back to zingers, yeah? So it's like, neither or or would you rather, Adam, yeah? Yeah, yeah? We'll give you last week's zinger, yeah? Last week's one was a good one. Would you rather? Is this the, the missus one? Yeah. Yeah, my missus was really annoyed with this, but go ahead. Right. <laughs> would you Hope ra- you're listening, babe. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> would you rather have sex every single day for the next year with any woman you can pick in the whole entire world? Yeah. Supermodel, whoever you want, yeah? <laughs> Or live till you're a hundred and never have sex again. But you die after the year. Oh, you die. Sorry, yeah. So, so you have sex with everyone for a year, but you die or you live till you're 100 and you never have sex again. From this moment on? Yeah. yeah. So no sex again till I'm 100. Oh, I don't think I can do that, you know. <laughs> what do you mean? You don't know if you can do it. I don't want to die next year, but <laughs> like 69 fuckless years. I just, I just don't think. Bro, that's bad, isn't it? Like, there's only so far you can sort yourself out. There's just kind of fuck sex dolls. Oh, that's a... F- you're at the trying to spanner in the... Wo- no. No? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a good spanner in the works. Because they're getting more advanced, aren't they? So if I could fuck like a sex robot and that doesn't count as a sex, like, why no. can't I fuck them? <laughs> no, but not happening. Can no I masturbate? Direct. Can I masturbate? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So what's the a, what's a difference between me and a fucking... Well, then why have you got a board? What? They're allowed to hassle. They spend your money. <laughs> you don't have to tell me, lad. <laughs> I don't know whether you know my dating history or whether that was just an accident, but... <laughs> if you were just the same thing, you wouldn't have a board, would you? Yeah. So, Do you know what I mean? We I'm not saying the same thing. I'm saying they're not. That's why I'm asking. Because if I can... <laughs> Probability again. I, 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 I think a sex doll is much closer to masturbation than it is to fucking. So why can't I do it in your... In your scenario, why is that different? But I think they're going to get so good. Like, sex <laughs> robots in five, ten years are going to be... So in 2030, you'd be in a nightclub and you won't even know if it's a girl or a robot. You'd be like, yeah, what yeah. the fuck? Who's that eyeing me up across the bar? <laughs> yeah. So we were chilling out on the sofa there the other night, yeah. And I said something smart, trying to wind me board up as I do. Yeah, she turned around and said, yeah. What if you pick someone 12 out of 10 and she was shite at sex? And I was like, oh, she's listening to the podcast. Fuck <laughs> So, yeah. So I was yeah. in the doghouse for that, yeah. So you're picking what, Adam? So I can't fuck sex dolls? No, you can't. Uh, I think I'm going to have the, the year of my life then. 
You're going to die in a year. I just, I can't imagine going 69 years. That's more than double what I've been alive already with nothing ever again. No, I, I, I mean, it is, drive, it is, I? boys. It's heavy tackle. Uh, that. That's a and you have to live to 100. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't even think I want that anyway. Neither do I. Well, I don't think I want that even with sex. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what? I'd be fuming if I get to like 98. Because if I get to 98, I'm like, I want 100 now. I'm this close. I think you'll feel different at 98 though. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. The only thing I'm looking forward to about being that old is being able to shit myself and it's not my job <laughs> to cleaner. deal with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? yeah. yeah. Be able to just be like, I've I've shit myself again. <laughs> yeah. For someone else do it. Would you not be fuming at it? Imagine being 98 and you kick the bucket. You'd be fucking devastated. But I think you're going to be so fucking miserable like you stink all the time you don't recognize anyone like what 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 are you living for other than the achievement you won't even know you're 98 you be in your head for a minute the way things are going Elon Musk is developing chips now you'll be eating by the time we're 60 we're going to be like what 20 no lad it's not going to be quite like that you know you're, you're saying in five years' time, the sex robots will be fucking indistinguishable. Imagine what to be able to do to you when you're 98. Yeah, I know. I just, I, I feel like we're the last generation. How old are you? 29. Yeah, we're, we're just going to miss it. Everyone who's like 18 now, 15 to 18, they're going to be the ones who live till the fucking 200 or whatever. We're the last ones who are going to die with our grandparents and stuff. And being 98 just looks fucking horrific. Like, have you seen these people? Yeah. Have you seen old yeah. people? It's just fucking sad. It's funny. Don't get me wrong, it's funny. Like when my granddad, my granddad was in a home for a bit and he caused fucking murder because he had like a weird type of dementia where it's like the last 15 years of his life had gone from his brain. So he wasn't forgetting everything all day to day. It was just like he was back in like 2003, in 2018. <laughs> and he's in this fucking home, right? And uh, me and my dad went to visit him. So we walk in and he recognizes me dad because my dad doesn't look that different from 15 years ago. But I've gone from being a child to an adult. And he goes to me, hey, what time's dinner tonight, lad? And I was like, oh, I don't know, mate. <laughs> and he goes, well, you fucking, you, one of you should fucking know, shouldn't you? What time am I having my dinner? And my dad went, you know, that's Adam, your grandson. And he went, oh, fucking hell, he's put weight on Annie. <laughs> that's his first thing he said. And he went, I've just fucking told her that I'm fucking done with it as well. And we were like, who are you on about, granddad? He goes, fucking Kathy, me nan. He goes, fucking told her, she fuck off. Not fucking talking to her anymore. We're like, what do you mean? He went, Fucking sat in the fucking room there in the little living room, kissing some fella right in front of me. Fucking look at me dead in the eyes while she kisses this fella. Fucking cheeky cunt. We were like, <laughs> she's been dead for 12 years, granddad. And he was like, what do you mean? I've just fucking seen her. We we're like, no, no, no. It was just an old woman who looked like me nan. And he'd gone over to her kissing her husband. And gone, I'm fucking done with you. <laughs> <laughs> some random old woman who was in the same home. Do you want to live like that? No, but... Yeah, I don't know. No, give me 65, 70, and then blow my fucking head off. Yeah, you'd be happy at 70, would you? Yeah, uh, yeah. 70's a bit, 70's a bit short. No, it isn't. What's the average Seven. lifespan for a man? It's like 80 odd, I think. Yeah, is he? and the last 10's not good, is it? No. no. Joe Biden's 81, 80 odd. Yeah. Prime example. Yeah, but he doesn't on, know boy. he's the president. Yeah, but flip that, <laughs> flip that. Donald Trump is not far off him, and he's like the opposite end of the scale. But it's the same thing. Like, Joe Biden doesn't know he's the president, and Donald Trump still thinks he is. <laughs> yeah. That's a valid point. That's a valid point. That's a valid point. Like, they're both fucking mental. None, n- none of these people are like, oh, I want to live that life. Yeah. They're not happy. Joe Biden can't stick a sentence together. And Trump thinks, like, that everyone's against him. I don't want either of their lives. No, 70. I want nothing to do. <laughs> Take him outside. Take him out the back, yeah. Adam, do you like conspiracy theories? Love them. What's your favourite one? Hillary Clinton eats kids in a pizza place in Washington. Oh, the pizza guy? Yeah. yeah. 
eat kids in a pizza place. Yeah, yeah. apparently there's a pizza No. You've never heard of pizza gate? Never, boys. There's a pizza place in Washington, D.C., right? You go in. If this doesn't sound believable off just off the top of the head, head. Depends. Hang on, you want to be careful. I told you we had Michal Martin on. He's the equivalent of the vice yeah. deputy oh, prime minister, minister yeah. whatever yeah. you want to call that. Yeah. When we had him on, you want to see the conspiracies that were getting launched at us for having <laughs> him on. So yeah. you need to be careful with what you say here. It's a valid point. Because if you deny the conspiracy he's saying, people are going to think you were told to deny that conspiracy. Or Illuminati. Valid point. But go ahead, Adam, sorry. So here's where I am with conspiracies, especially this one. I don't necessarily think they're all true. I just like to live in a world where I think they're true because I think it makes the world more interesting. Yeah. You know what I mean? yeah. Like if there's just terrorists that did 9-11, then that's horrible. Yeah. But if George Bush did it, then it's interesting, isn't it? Like Because it means there's stuff going on and it's more intriguing. Do you know what I mean? You look so nervous. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, where is so, he going next? There's a pizza place in Washington. And if you go in, like me and you go in, yeah. it just looks like a normal pizza gaff, right? And they've got the menu on the walls. You go, I'll have a fucking 12 inch meat feast, bit of fries, can of Sprite, and they'll just box it off. It's just a pizza place. But there's like a secret menu. So if you go in and go, I'll have the fucking, the, the little Timmy 200, then they take you downstairs, they let you fuck a kid, and then you eat them. Yeah. Do you not notice? That's one of the maddest things I've ever heard, boys. I thought you were going to talk about aliens or something there. Well, aliens to me isn't a conspiracy theory. It's just a fact, isn't it? Oh, well, here we are, Terry. Oh, there's gonna be, there's <laughs> gonna be more. Do <laughs> so you believe in aliens? I think you're fucking stupid if you don't. Like, like I'm talking about like aliens that build UFOs and all. Yeah, yeah. You believe in them? Yeah. You, you have a great imagination, don't you, Adam? What do you mean? <laughs> you have a great. Imagination. <laughs> do, do you think it's more likely that there's not? So come here. Do you well, think... I'm basing it off probability. We're basing it off evidence. Do you think that's I'm basing not... it off evidence? But then no. There's not like solid evidence of it, but probability then, alone means it defo defo great. is. And then you know the Fermi paradox. What? You know that? <laughs> you what? You what, lads? Do, do you think we're the most intelligent things in the universe? Yeah. I cried last week because me delivery driver got lost. <laughs> <laughs> You're telling me in the vastness of the universe that I'm near the peak Ooh. of evolution? Are I you fucking think... insane? The fella only got an A level. He didn't get a fucking A star. <laughs> no, but you know the Fermi paradox. So if there's so many planets and so many galaxies, and so many stars, where the fuck is everybody then? They just can't get here. They haven't built the bush yet. Well, so they're not that fucking intelligent, are they? Do you think there's any aliens that have been here? Yeah, 100%. I think they walk amongst us. What? Really? You think that much into it, yeah? I, ju I just think... So my, my dad... And everything I'm saying is not necessarily belief. It's just... it's I want to believe it. You know right. what I mean? I'd rather this was true. So my dad, like... He, don't get me wrong. My dad likes to drink. But, like, his, uh, his theory was that Jesus was an alien. He's like, think about it, you know. The northern star, light in the sky, fucking down to earth, go to that barn, and there's a fucking baby that come out of fucking nowhere. That sounds like a very old story. Of... And then goes back up. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, that's a fucking alien. Do you know what I mean? Like, Makes it, sense. Like, no, that's at them ringing bells at me there. Yeah. So what he said that when I was a kid, and I'm like... So that's why you believe in aliens? And do you think the mm. aliens built the pyramids? Someone who wasn't us did. Okay. Now I'm, I'm with you on that. I don't know whether it's like an ancient civilization who's like teachings we lost. Yeah. That was human. That's or, what I think happened. Yeah. That's what I think happened. But like people who, the people who built the pyramids were more intelligent than we are. And I don't mean us three. I mean the human race now. Mm. And I don't know what happened or who it was, but it wasn't just some fucking <laughs> Egyptian architect back in the day. It was just 2000 years ago going, yeah, let's just fucking put it up and hope for the best. <laughs> like it, that wasn't happening. Like someone super, super intelligent or a higher power 
did that. What do you think of the one that Paul McCartney died in the car crash when the Beatles only started off and they 100% replaced him? 100% in on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're sold yeah. on that one. I also love the idea because when there's a conspiracy theory like this, right? Like the people who go after it are like, oh, they've left fucking clues. Look yeah. at the look at the front cover of Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Arts Club. He's got no shoes on. That's because yeah. he's dead. Like I love the idea that the Beatles they, did this. Yeah, they tried to cover it up so no one knew, but then they left clues for everyone yeah. to find. And like, I'm not saying backwards. it's real. I'm saying I want to live in a world where yeah. that is real. Yeah. I want to live in a world where John Lennon was like, "Put take his fucking shoes off. Yeah. Let people figure it out for themselves." That's a great impression. <laughs> That's a fucking great impression. <laughs> But and what uh, what's on one of the albums? And you play it backwards, and it says I buried Paul. Yeah, <laughs> is that real though? That, that's real, isn't it? I've seen a YouTube video. I don't know whether it's real or it's not. You play one of the albums backwards, I and it's John Lennon, and it's like I buried Paul. Fuck off, boy. Yeah, that's, that's not even a conspiracy anymore. That's a, <laughs> they've literally told us uh, play this backwards, <laughs> and John Lennon's play on bread. Like, me, oh, and can never go, bread. me and them. you can never have a nice out together, you know. <laughs> <laughs> fucking like, no, swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah apparently sure. it's a thing. Avril Lavigne's the other one as well. Yeah, she, she's, she's a clown, isn't it? Paul McCartney and then Avril Lavigne. Yeah, she's a clown. Yeah, that's a mad one, boys. I'm not having all that shit. Right, Adam, ain't you every guest? Yeah, <laughs> you didn't <laughs> tell him your favorite one. What's my one? JFK. JFK. Oh, what about it? Just like what happened to him and all, boys. That's a bit of a mad one, no? What getting shot in the head? Yeah, yeah, that is a mad one. Yeah, but you might be Harvey Oswald got the blame for the boys. Yeah. Do you think he done it? I don't think he acted alone. Mm. I don't think he knew. Yeah. I don't uh, think he knew he was shooting JFK. I think he did it because he was a soldier. Yeah. I think he got told, look, there's a target. He's in that car. Blows that off. But and there's then, a big parade there, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he knew he was shooting because then he wouldn't have done it. You're deep into your conspiracies, aren't you, Adam? Yeah. I love it. Yeah. What is Tilpack alive or Brown Bread? Oh, he's, he's there with Biggie and the real Avril Lavigne having a fucking absolute fucking sesh, mate. <laughs> In Cuba. Yeah, Cuba. Cuba, 100%. Right, Adam, so what we do with all our guests is we take it right back to the start. So, yeah. like, what's your name? Where'd you come from? Okay. But I think we probably have established your name is Adam Romney from Liverpool. <laughs> but what was life like growing up? It was sound, you know. Like, we, we didn't have much or whatever, but, I, like, it's sort of... It's, it's interesting in the UK because, like, obviously there's a big cultural divide sort of with the class system. There's lower work and middle, upper class and whatever, but it's very easy to sort of just be like, oh... I did a bit shit, isn't it hard on me? But I've always just had the attitude, like, I think that gives you a certain chip on your shoulder and an attitude that just makes me outwork people who were the fucking class system above me, do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, life was good. Council estate in Liverpool. Mum and dad broke up when I was about eight or nine. Felt like it was my fault for about four years. Uh, did well at school until I couldn't be asked anymore. Got into comedy and never looked back. That's a, a short version. <laughs> yeah. So, see... Like, I, I am baffled about that whole thing where you dropped out of uni yeah. to become a comedian. Like, how did you f do your foot? Like, how did you even get into stand-up? How did like how does that even cross your mind? Do you know what? I actually like getting up on stage and trying to make people laugh. Um, It's quite interesting, really, because I, I was never, like, the funniest kid at school. Because, mm. like, all my mates were funny. Like, I wasn't not funny, but it's like, I imagine it's very similar to Dublin. I find Dublin, Glasgow, Newcastle, and Liverpool, like, from the cities I visited, have a very sort of similar type of people there it's you know a historically disenfranchised working class group of people mm. who use humor to like sort of deflect from the difficulties yeah. that their life give them definitely um yeah. so there's a natural humor within the pool as there is in dublin but then when my mum and dad split up 
like I become like my mum's best mate because she didn't have like loads of friends. So I had a little brother and she put me and my brother to bed at night. And then whenever he fell asleep, I was allowed to go back down and watch the telly with my ma until she was fucking ready to go to sleep or whatever. And she loved comedy. So she'd always have like live the Apollo on or if like Lee Evans' stand-up show was being broadcast on the BBC, she'd be watching that. And I just got mad into it. Like I remember the first thing I ever remember, I don't know whether it was the first thing I watched, but the first thing I remember, she was watching Richard Pryor's hour where he's got like the red shirt on like his three buttons undone. And I think it's just called Richard Pryor Live, that one. It's not the Sunset Strip one. And I I didn't understand everything he was saying because I was only a kid. Yeah. But I'd never seen my mum laugh like that. Like she was falling apart, like screaming and crying. And I was just like, sort of, I've got such a distinct memory of it that it obviously stuck with me. And then as I started watching British comedy and there was two lads coming through, which was Jason Manford, who was from Manchester, yeah. and then Kevin Bridges from Glasgow. Yeah. And they just, I identified with them so strongly as young working class lads. And that made me go, oh, maybe I could do this at some point. And then when I was working in McDonald's between the ages like 16 and 18, I got really good mates with one of the managers there, Dave. And he was like, I think I'm going to give stand-up a go because he loved it as well. And I went, all right, sound, I'll give it a go with you. And later that day, he rang me and he was like, I've got us a gig. Like the same day we'd agreed to do it. He was like, I've booked the pub that I, I, I drink in and we're going to do a show there in a couple of months. That pub shut down before <laughs> the show. But we found another venue because we'd sold 100 tickets to like our family and friends. So we found another place, put them all in there. Did it? Just like got bitten by the bug of it and just never looked back. Like I always loved comedy, and as soon as I realised that it was possible to do it, I was like, I don't really see myself doing anything else, being happy doing anything else. Yeah, and I just threw everything into it. I've thrown until our podcast started and it took off. Like I took every single gig that I could. If I got offered a hundred quid to go and do a gig that was going to cost me eighty to get to, I'd go and do it. Even like, we're talking like four or five years ago when I'd, you know, I'd built a bit of a name for myself when I was touring. But if I could go and earn a little bit of money and try a new bit and get it better and ready for me touring to release specials and stuff, I just went and did it. The podcast that we do has given me the freedom to turn certain things down. And also now I don't have to drive loads to go and do a gig for under quid. I can gig for free in Liverpool and try stuff out because I don't need to earn every penny because the podcast gives me an income. Yeah. It's given me the freedom to sort of be more creative with stand-up and stuff. But once I'd, I'd started it, I, I sort of knew I wasn't going to do anything else. How nervous were you for the Force Ones? You sound, you sound like confident now, but take us back to the Force Queen. You know, I don't remember being like, I was never like a fucking shaking like a shitting dog. I was always like, I'll just be all right. I've sort of got no like embarrassing bone in my body. So if I was shit, yeah. so my first gig was in Envy for Hot Water Comedy Club, which has now become like this famous comedy club. But at the time they were just an open mic night in a nightclub. And it was a Sunday night and there was 32 people in and 28 of them were my mates. So if I hadn't have brought them, there'd have been fucking four people, do you know what I mean? Yeah. But like in my head, I was like, if this goes badly, then my mates will just be like, you fucking dickhead. Who the fuck do you think you are? And it would have been two weeks of taking the piss. And then someone else would have fucking thought they could sing and then they'd have fucked up, do you know what I mean? <laughs> so it never felt like, oh, if this goes wrong, it's the end of my life. It just felt like, oh... You know what I mean? It's like missing a penalty. Be like, ah, you fucking soft twat. And then it would have just been fine. So, yeah. but it went well. Like I look back on it now and the material was terrible and it shouldn't have gone well, but it did. And it just gave me the confidence to go, oh, I'll just keep doing this and doing this. And then when someone gives you 50 quid and you're like, oh, like six months in, someone gives you 50 quid and goes, yeah, I'll do 15 minutes. You go, fucking hell. I, I normally work fucking nine hours for that. And I've been given 15 quid to do something I'd do for free. And it just snowballs. And once you can start selling tickets and making a good living from... I'm fucking obsessed with it. Even, like, I'm nearly 13 years in. It'll be 13 years in June. I, I'm fucking obsessed with it. And to get to the point where I can tour, 
not only the UK, like there's venues that I'm playing now that like I'd even though I've always been quite cocky and aspirational and stuff, I'm playing venues on this tour that are coming up that just I always wanted to play, but you never sort of were like, I'm gonna do that. Mm. A few years ago, I had the absolute privilege of opening for an American comic called Bill Bear, who's a hero of mine. Yeah. I did four dates with them. One of them was at the Manchester Apollo. And I remember doing it that night thinking, fucking hell, the joy of doing this. Like, imagine being able to do this on your tour. I'm gonna do that this year. Like, the, the one venue I always wanted to play in Liverpool was the Liverpool Empire. We're gonna do that. It's in March next year. It's already nearly sold out. It's a fucking year away. It's, it's just the support that, like, and obviously one of the reasons I've come over here is we're doing a lot of Irish dates on this tour. Yeah. Like on the last tour, I did Dublin and obviously uh, above the, the soft border, I did Belfast. This year we're doing Dublin, Galway, Limerick, Cork, <laughs> Belfast. Galway. Galway. Yeah. Make sure you learn how to say it. That's just my voice. It's Galway. Uh, Galway, Limerick, Cork, Dublin. We're doing Derry and Belfast again. But like Dublin on the last tour, I did two nights at Whelan's, which is great. And it's yeah. such a nice venue. It's quite small. We've put the fucking Olympia in for this one. And <laughs> it's just, I went in a couple of months ago because my mate Paul Smith, another Scouse comic, yeah. he was there when I was just doing some sets in Dublin. I come over to try sort of some new stuff and that. I just popped in to see him. And I just looked at the venue before it filled up. And you're like, it's like a wall of people. And I, I rang my promoter the next day. I was like, let's, uh, let's do the, the Olympia. Because the original plan was to do Vicar Street on this tour but we're doing a podcast show at Vicar Street in July. And I like collecting venues, I was saying to you before. Yeah. Like if I haven't done somewhere and it looks a bit iconic to me, I'm like, I want to just say that I've done that one. So doing Vicar Street, I think it's the 6th of July this year and it's January next year we're doing the Olympiad. And like, there's a quote that someone told me about Dave Chappelle. So him and Joe Rogan were doing like a massive arena. It's like 20,000 people. I think it might've been Phoenix or something in the States. And just before Rogan went on, Chappelle said to him, enjoy it. Not a lot of motherfuckers get to do stuff like this. And Rogan, that stuck with him and he's mentioned it on his podcast. And I always think stuff like that. When I put like dates like that in, the, the percentage of humans that will ever know what it's like mm. to go to another country and be able to hopefully sell a thousand tickets and know what that feels like. Like we did the arena with our podcast in Liverpool. It's 8,000 people there. That To know what that feels like, such a high percentage of people will never possibly be able to get their heads around it and I, I just count myself very lucky that I've managed to make a career out of it yeah. when did you start the podcast and ja how did you like how did that come about January 2020 yeah. so Dan who I co-host it with who's been a phenomenal comic on the UK circuit for nearly 20 years he'd wanted to do a podcast for a while and then I was like sort of had the idea to get one going and uh <laughs> my ex-girlfriend helped a lot with this to be honest with you because I did an episode of Dan's podcast and uh, his mate rang him and was like, I know you're doing your thing, but you should do another thing with Adam because that one was just better than everything you've done. There's like a chemistry there. So he rang me and was like, or sent me a voice note and was like, let's do one together. I know you're going to start yours, but let's do one together. And my ex-girlfriend went, just do that with Dan. Just start that one first. And I was like, why? And she goes, because you're so much better when you're accountable to someone that isn't yourself. She went, if you, if you want to do a podcast on your own, you'll miss an episode, you'll put one out late. She went, but if you're... If you feel accountable to Dan and you're a team, she went, you'll never miss anything, so just do that one and then figure your own one out later. Mm. So I said, yeah. We started January 2020, COVID hit in the March, and that sort of helped us, mm. you know. Sorry to everyone who lost like a fucking nan or a granddad's dad or whatever, <laughs> but, you know, they, they, they helped my career an awful lot. And it, it just, once we come out of that first lockdown, we bought a studio and there was no other purpose-built studios in the UK at the time. So we were sort of first to the market for like YouTube studio podcasts in the UK. And it just meant we could just go on and on and on and keep getting bigger guests and bigger audiences and stuff. 
Yeah, I just want to say something. Terence has actually manifested this. He said to me months ago, like mm. months, I mean months ago, probably a year ago, mm. I really want Adam Rowe on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. No, I swear to God, yeah. really am. I'm a big fan. Have a word podcast. I fucking love it. And I really, really want to have him on. Yeah. And the day you added me on Instagram, he had deleted his Instagram. Yeah. And I sent him the screenshot and he couldn't believe it. He <laughs> thought it was a So I sent him the screenshot that you followed me and he didn't believe it and then you messaged me and then I didn't write back to him then we had already arranged a date for this to happen he was like is he gonna come on I was like it's done and he's like no is he gonna come on I was like no Terrence we have to date it's the 25th of April it's done and he was like Fine, girl. he couldn't believe it he was yeah. in shock I'm, so yeah. I'm a fan of the podcast but a big fan of the podcast that's why they'll be saying to you was all right? the time he never shuts up about guess you have had on like what's your favourite episode of your podcast do you know what it's it's hard to nail it because I've got such a uh, my brain's like a sieve so I forget like fucking loads of it the second we stop recording. Well, yeah. Exactly. But like, yeah, to the next week then, basically. Yeah, just talk, like some, some people go to me, hey, the fucking sheep and the donkey and the, the lion lad. And I'm like, what, like episode 212? I'm like, I've got no idea <laughs> yeah. what you're on about. The, the ones that stick out for me, like I always think of like the guests that I've sat there and gone, fuck me, you were good. Jamie Hutchinson's massive for us. Uh, Sean Walsh is always great. Like for a TV name, because our humour is like sort of, you know, it's on the line and we're pushing it a bit. It's not like TV friendly. When we get a TV comic on who goes and gets involved and does it properly. Like we had Jason Manford on, who's a hero of mine. And he was good, but he did like a have a word version of Jason Manford. He's like, there's waters I can't go to here. Like if we went off on one, he just fucking stayed for a second. And he was still really good. Sean Walsh comes on, he gets stuck in. Do you know what I mean? Like the big American ones, Jim Jeffries come on and was like, he, he went further than we would normally go. Mm. Shane Gillis was unbelievable. But to get like someone like Shane Gillis on who I'd never even met until he walked into our studio. He's now become a mate. I was a fan of his. Like we got talking because someone asked me, what's the best special you've seen this year? And I said, oh, I think Shane Gillis live in Austin. I didn't even know he followed me. And he replied and was like, fucking hell, man, I'm a big fan of yours. I come on your podcast when I'm in the UK. Like getting those people on and we get messages now from PR companies going, can we get our clients on your show? Like big fucking comics. I met a, a, an agent when I was in the States last week who like were talking about maybe me doing some work with them out there. And they were like, oh, we've got like these six clients touring in the UK. We'd love to get them on Have A Word. I'm like, don't pitch these cunts to me. Like just send me the dates, <laughs> yeah. do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like what we've built is amazing, but I'm still not used to the fact that we've got this show that like is valuable to, like when, when I consciously think about it, obviously, but when these companies are getting in touch going, can we get our guys on? I'm like, yeah, yeah. Because it benefits everyone. Like, the American comedy circuit is so far ahead of the UK in this, but, like, the comedy industry is changing in the UK. It used There was a lot of gatekeepers in TV shows where it was like, if we don't book you, you're not going to have a fan base. And it was in the hands of sort of, like, cunts who went to Oxford and Cambridge who, like, never stood on a fucking comedy stage. Yeah. Were dictating. They were the tastemakers for UK comedy audiences of what is acceptable for to be the, the comedy guy of that decade or whatever. That's not there now. The internet's there. Podcasts are there. So many comedians are creating their own stuff and we're finding fans and cutting out the gatekeepers and comedians are all helping each other, jumping on each other's podcasts, sharing audiences because we all sort of recognise people will go and see 10 comedians in a year. They're not just going to their favourite one. And when they know we're all mates, it's like they want to go and support everyone. Yeah. And it's, it's fucking unbelievable. Like off the back, I have a word. There's a, a handful of podcasts in the Northwest and in Liverpool especially that have like sort of, they're like almost like spin-offs of what we've done. Not to discredit what they've done on their own merit, but 
like Jamie, who, you know, Jamie had sort of no fan base. He hadn't, he didn't even have an Instagram until he came on Have A Word. And he's now, he's touring. He's had like a fourth date in Manchester, second date in Leeds. He's gone to a bigger room in London. He had one clip go viral from Have A Word. Hot Water Comedy Club said to him, come and start a podcast with us, host the Hot Water Podcast. They're killing it with him and Tony, who's one of my oldest mates in comedy. We started like a week apart. They're killing it. There's a podcast called Another One, which is another two Scouse comics. They they get two other comedians on and they do it like a green room. Danny McLaughlin started his own podcast. Very chill. Danny's like sort of loves a porn or a play on words. That's their thing. Mild High Club, a couple, Dean and Amy, they're stoners. They have a guest on. They talk about drugs. They talk about sort of sexual fantasies and stuff. Absolutely killing it. They're all in Liverpool. That's quality. Do you know what I mean? It's There's like quality. a podcast circuit in Liverpool. Yeah. And like, these are all podcasts that seem what have a way of doing. And like, we want to do the same thing. Yeah. And we will fucking back everyone to the hill. When someone starts up, we try and get them on. Me and Dan try and make an effort to make sure we're going on everyone else's shows. Because we want, the, the comedy industry is better in comedians' hands. We outrank producers in terms of what we think is funny. Yeah. Comedians have got a much better finger on the pulse of what the audiences want. Mm. And, you know, there's... There's people who've done fucking six or seven TV shows in the UK have got less followers than our producers yeah. on our show now because that's what the the way things are going. And I, I couldn't be happy at all, proud of it. I think yeah, because it's instant feedback. Yeah. You can like if you say something this week and it doesn't go down well, someone's gonna tell you instantly. Yeah. Don't and do they that fucking again. do as well. Yeah. <laughs> but they tell you, don't do that again. And as you said, you're going around the countries trying out material yourself in small clubs for free, just to see. And that's like you're not bleeding trailblazing doing that all comedians yeah. do that but you're going to these small rooms maybe 50 people there you're like that joke didn't go down well I'm not going to do it in a room full of 2,000 people <laughs> no, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean so that's what you do you know it, you get the, the feedback is so instant it's so reactive you know whereas someone come to you and be like oh, I think this will be good if you do this based off what how do you know that'll be good what have you done to prove that I've We're, worked on TV shows before where they, they try and like edit your jokes. So they're like, yeah, yeah, do all those ones, but also do these four that we've written for you. And then you watch the edit and the only ones that make the edit are the one that they, they wrote. wrote. And you're like, mm. fuck, what, 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 are, we what are we doing here? Yeah, yeah. Like for me, I've always like, there's probably people who consider me even more of a podcaster than a stand-up. And I don't love that because my attitude is always, I am a stand-up comic and anything I do is to facilitate that. So if I do a TV show, I don't want to be the TV guy. I want to do that TV show so that it sells me stand-up tickets. I want to be fucking great at it. I want to be, when I die 20 years later, I want people to be going, oh, my favourite comedian's Adam Rowe. That's what I want to be, is the stand-up who sells a lot of stand-up tickets. Like me gigging for free, in my head isn't gigging for free, because then that joke no, would be best walk, by the time yeah. I go on tour. It's training, yeah. Putting specials out. Like I've, I've dropped two stand-up specials this year. One of them was my last tour. One of them was a, a one hour long story that I felt like I owed to my fans and especially listeners I have a word. The story like has changed what I want to do with my act going forward. In my head, I've always been like this abrasive, opinionated stand-up guy. I did this one hour long story and the reaction to it has blown every other piece of work I've ever done out the water. It must be closing in on 10, 12,000 messages now and they're paragraphs that people going, that fucking got to me, that, that I related to that so much because people relate to storytelling stand-up in the same way they relate to a song. Yeah. It's like... The, the lyrics don't have to match their exact experience, but if it's something similar, they'll fucking relate to it. And the messages I got about Juicy, I had to stop reading them because it was it was overwhelming me. I was like, this is fucking affected people like this one. And to do that with a, an hour of stand-up, just fucking... And did you have any idea before doing it that it would have that effect? I mean, I knew how much people wanted to know what... So Juicy is, and I have to say this for legal reasons, a completely <laughs> fictional 
breakup story. So I'd been through a breakup. We're very public about being together on Instagram and talking about it on the podcast and stuff. And we broke up and the breakup with her inspired the story of Juicy, but Juicy is still fictional. Mm. Um, I didn't tell anyone what had gone on because I knew I wanted to do stand-up about it or inspired by it. So I knew people were going to be like, oh, this is interesting. And it is an interesting story. It's not a normal breakup. And there's a reason I fought so hard for the right to tell it. Like, you know, I, I can't say exactly who, but someone tried to sue me to stop Juicy ever being made. And that made me so much more determined to do it. And yeah, I, I knew people were going to relate to it. I knew people had been through difficult breakups before. I knew people sort of would be like, oh, I, I remember feeling like that. And I... There's a lot of emotion in that stand-up that isn't necessarily normally in a club set of stand-up where you're trying to do a joke every 15 seconds. Mm. There's bits in Juicy where I don't even try and get a laugh for like a minute at times because I just want the audience to think for a minute. I, I knew people would respond to it, but I wasn't ready for what came back at all. It, it completely overwhelmed me. But And it changed what I want to do going forward because I will now put a lot of storytelling into the, the tour that I'm currently writing. Yeah. Do you still feel the same way that you want to be known for your stand-up more than the podcast? Do you still feel like that now? Do you feel like yeah, all you're walking the, the podcast? podcast don't that? get me wrong. It's going to be difficult to just... I think it's going to be a combination of the two now because because of what Have A Word's done. Just because of how big it's at the end. Like. Yeah. And it's still growing. And we yeah. don't know where it's going to end up or what it's going to end up being. But like primarily, I want to be a stand-up who had a great podcast rather than a great podcast yeah, who yeah, did yeah. stand-up. Mm. Um, yeah. And that seems like a subtle change, but to me, it's quite important. So see where you was at live shows with the podcast. What sort of way do you set that up? Yeah. So we don't like the idea of us just sat around doing this. If we just give people what they're getting for free every weekend there, yeah, at a live show, they'll stop coming to the live show. It's got to be a bit more. Yeah. So like when we come to Vicar Street in July, the plan is me and Dan to go out and host and do crowd work together at the same time. And then we're going to bring a stand-up guest on. Probably uh, an Irish lad, someone from Dublin, ideally. And, and we can give it a few suggestions after. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Get someone to do about 20 minutes, 25, we'll have a break. Then in the second half, we'll go out with our podcast team, me, Carl, Dan, Finn, and we'll do a bit of podcast and then we'll bring the stand-up guest on to join us for a bit more. And then maybe there'll be another guest who hasn't done stand-up as well who comes and does it. And then at the end, we normally sort of sing it out. So Finn, our assistant producer, is a musician and he'll normally sing us out. When we did the arena show, so we did the MS Bank Arena in Liverpool, we went even bigger with that, like a lot bigger. Because we were like, you hope it isn't, but this might be the only time either of us headline an arena. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, we had Finn sing us out, and then we'd booked Johnny Bongo to like DJ for us, who does like Bongo's Bingo, you know, like the party bingo yeah. events. So he, he was doing that, but we'd also booked the 90s band Five to come on and do three songs. There's a catch. Oh, there was only three of them. <laughs> <laughs> what? So that was. Do you know the band Five? No, no. Yeah, you'd know them if you heard them. Oh, Get yeah. on up when you're oh, down. Oh, big tune that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we we booked them. But there's only three of them. There's now. only three of them now because they <laughs> fell out with the other two. I said, can we introduce them as three? And they were like, no, they really don't like that. <laughs> I was like, you missed the fucking ideal opportunity for a punchline yeah. there and they were having um, none of it. But we wanted people to come to that show and go away going, fuck me. Just insane. Yeah, it's not an episode, it's an event. It's yeah. a you want to be putting on a proper show. We it's, a fuck it. it's a party. And I know that there's some huge podcasts in Ireland who do live shows and they do it very simple. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's quiet, it's intimate and people are into that. Fuck that. That's good. And you enjoy that run with that. We go out and we just run a muck. You yeah. know what I mean? And the crowd is up and we just want that to be a big buzz and yeah. energy yeah. and put on a fucking show. It's a night out kind mean? of thing. Someone yeah. told me the weekend that our live shows, because what we'll do is we'll record a live show and then in three months we'll put on Spotify. 
and someone said, I don't like listening to the live shows. I said, why? And he said, because they're not supposed to be listened to. They're supposed to be experienced. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? Like, I, I don't disagree. It's still, yeah, still getting some sort of experience with the audio, but it's nothing like being there on the night. And anybody who was at the shows can tell you that. Like, obviously, there's a complete difference being there on the night. And I'd say people are rattling as well. I was coming out. You don't know. Like, we're not, we're not stand-up comedians. You yeah. get me? We're, we don't belong on a stage, let's say. Like, our first time ever being I don't on know stage, about that. There's a difference between a stand-up and belonging on a stage. That kind of stuff where you were saying, what? Dave Spell said to Joe Rogan, like not many people have experienced this. Like you're kind of reassuring that to yourself when you're going yeah. out and you're like, look at everybody's bought a ticket to see you. Get out on the fucking stage, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because there is nerve-wracking. Like. like my best mate, Carl, is our producer. He was in Japan for the year teaching English. And he come back and wanted the job, so we hired him. And he was so funny and good at it. We gave him a cut of the company. And now he's on a mic and he's like the podcast isn't the same without him. It, yeah. We couldn't do it. I, I forget that, like, I've been doing stand-up 13 years. Dan's nearly 20. Carl hasn't. He's essentially another host. But, like, he hasn't been on stage. His fifth time on stage ever was in front of 8,000 people. That's nuts. And I, I hadn't considered that. Like, in the build-up to the arena show, I was like, this is going to be sick. Like, I've worked for fucking 12 years for this. Mm. I remember saying it to Carl. He was like, you do realize I've only been on stage four times. <laughs> and I've got to bounce out in front of 8,000 people and make them laugh. And it fucking, my, it blew me head off. Yeah. So I was like, I'm not nervous, but I'm like, fuck, this is big. Like, yeah. to someone who's been on stage four fucking times. To 8,000, like, like, it's crazy that. Yeah. Public God shine himself going out. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> on the topic of live shows, real quick one for us. We're bringing bonus episodes out. So our first bonus episode is going to come out next week. And in that bonus episode, we're going to give full details of the next live show when they're going on sale, when tickets are going on sale, where the venue is, everything will be in the bonus episode coming out Tuesday. 2nd of May, yeah? 2nd of May, Tuesday. All the details are there, so don't miss it. Anyways, when is your tickets, or your tickets are on sale for over here, yeah? Yeah, so where the, people the Have a Word live show for our podcast yeah. is at Vicar Street on Thursday the 6th of July. I'm obsessed with Vicar Street and always have been because... Dylan Moore and Tape Monster there. One of my favourite hours of stand-up ever. Or hour and a half, actually. And then my Irish dates are all January, I think. So they're at adamrow.co.uk. A-D-A-M-R-O-W-E.co.uk. So go on and get your tickets. Quick one for you. Johnny had the pop and glad I'd have been fuming. How much do you pay for your haircuts? <laughs> <laughs> do, you? Um, do you know what? In the past year, it's gone up a lot. Oh, who are you telling? <laughs> I, was over there, I was over there in January, bro. Yeah, I, I thought I got robbed. <laughs> 50 quid I got charged. Where did 50, you go? I don't know, bro. There was a fancy little spot. Don't get me wrong now. Was it in the middle of the shopping centre bay? Yeah, it was. That's where I go. Barber, barber, it's called. Yeah, but you're worth a fortune. <laughs> I'm not. You know what I mean? I'm not selling out 8,000 seater of arenas. Do you get me? Oh, lad, you're pissing it over here, though. You're doing all right, lad. What well, doing all right? Oh, 50 quid a haircut, so bro. Mine's, mine's only 47 for me yeah, hair. Yeah, that's what I've For me hair 50 and my beard. Me hair and my beard's 47. Come here, I says, this is what I needed, yeah? The back and sides done. Quick lick on them, yeah? But you know what he was doing, bro? He put me in this mad chair. You're going to know the crack straight away. Because I've never seen anything like this. He puts you in the chair and gets these like smoke yokes. The steamers, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, lad, honestly, sometimes bro, I go. <laughs> even if I don't need me air, do Wait, what? Never... Hang on for a second. He never told me this detail. No wonder he charged you 50 no. quid. It was for the electricity bill. No, <laughs> no it was just... Calvin, lad, honestly, it's 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 a dream, you know. What it's... does it do? No, come here. Like... It's a steamer for your face. Oh, bro, tops. And he put a few of them up. 
It's like and it's it like having a spa day, but just oh, for your face. No wonder you're paying fifty quid. You get what you pay for. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Like it, oh, it, it's so I used to go to a local one when I lived in the suburbs. I live in the city centre now, so when I lived in the suburbs, I had me guy, and I felt like I was fucking cheating on him when I stopped going. Yeah, moved to town. I was like, I'll still be coming here, aren't you, lad? I'll still be coming to you. And it's just such a fucking ball like to drive out today. I started going to this place. I was like, oh, I'm gutted, but I can never go back. That's the, the same gaff because they do your hair and that. Once they go to your beard. They cover you in tiles and then they put two steamers on your face. It's like having a pamper session. And they like, treat you right is what you're telling If you're hungover, you can just go and be like, just like, just sort my beard out and they'll do it. But like, I'm just going just for the steam because it's, <laughs> it's like going to a steam room, but just on your face. Terence made it out that he literally went in and your man just like went around the back of yeah, the toilet, buzz, 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 like a 10 quid job and he charged him 50 and I was like, oh, you got robbed. You literally went to a five-star resort no, spa. spa. <laughs> yeah. No, but got a that, massage and everything. Yeah. No, but that, yeah. No, the whole <laughs> yoke was, I went there and I said, mate, give us a yoke on the back of the toilet and he started doing all this blade magic stuff with the steamers and all. I didn't know what was going on, but to me, you can't see what's happening. Coming out of smoke like stars yeah. in the road. And all, yeah, yeah. yeah. Towels on me, and I could see these jokes. I was like, Where am I at the bean for the last 15 minutes? And then he was like, 50 quid. Yeah. Broke me bleeding heart, bro. I'm still recovering. It's Wait, expensive, like. You know what you pay for? Oh, yeah, it's for a bleeding lick on the back and sides, and he started putting steamers on me. That's it. It is a heavy price, bro. It is. Uh, it's a heavy price, but like, it it's is. worth it. I go like every two weeks. Come here, you're into your runners, aren't you? Into me, what? Yeah, runners. Yeah. With the weather spells on there. Yeah. They're my absolute addiction. Oh, same. He's a. Uh, yeah. They're worth a few quid. Them yokes on his feet. Yeah, worth a few Oh, they, he's these, worth a few These quid. are the most expensive ones I own. Mm. I got these for the arena show. How much are we talking now? Yeah. How much are we talking here? How much? Like, so they're resale. You can't get no. them RRP. Blade, when you buy them normal in the shop, they're probably less than 200 quid. Yeah, they're probably like 170, 180 if you buy them from the shop, but you can't do that. So how much do you think, that, like if, if you... If they're 170, right, when they go on sale, but you're not getting your hands on them. Yeah. I'm going to double it, 340. So these were supposed to be 1350. What? For a pair it's of Google, runners. Google, Nike, Sean Weatherspoons. Fuck off, but you didn't pay that. No, the the resale shop in Liverpool, Cash Kicks. Sometimes they'll sort me for resale, as long as I do like a little Instagram post. Yeah. But then with something like these, they'll knock a chunk off for an Instagram post. But the boys... Telling. Who's paying fourteen hundred quid on runners, boys? Telling I'm not having me. that bollocks. This is the market. This is the market, bro. This is the market. I'm not having that. I'm not. Um, Adam, have you anything else to plug? No. If you're looking for another podcast to listen to, you know, check out Have a Word. We, we love it. People love it. People who tend to start listening don't tend to. Stop. Oh, I'm a fan as well. No, like, yeah. genuinely, when I said he oh, manifested yeah. this, Adam, he fucking <laughs> did. But we do be slagging manifesting all yeah, yeah. and manifesting it. But I fucking did manifest this, no, boy. Oh, no, did. it's a pleasure to be here, boys. Um, mm. I have another singer. Okay. We were talking a bit of football there before we come in. Yeah. Would you rather everything go down? And Liverpool don't get top four, or Everton stay up and Liverpool get top four. Everton oh. get down, Liverpool don't get top four. <laughs> oh, that's okay. fucking insane. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you hate them. I don't. Like, Everton to me are like, a <laughs> I nearly said something awful. They're like a, your, your little brother who's, he's a prick, but he's still your little brother, isn't he? He's still like, you just want him <laughs> to be all right. Do you feel like all Liverpool fans in Liverpool feel like that? No. But there is a big hatred, isn't there? There's a, there's a rival, it's hatred's not the right word. Is Everton it? fans hate us because they're jealous, yeah, yeah, because we're fucking bouncing around Europe, yeah. picking up trophies. Yeah, I don't want Everton to go down. It, there's a couple of reasons. First of all, I love Derby Day, it's one of my favorite days That's of the year, point. right? I'm, not, I'm gonna give you that. Uh, I also, if Everton went down, right, they'd win the championship, probably. They'd sell a couple of players, they'd get a really good squad in, and they'd win it, and they'd be winning games every week, and they'd be fucking happy. I don't want them to be. <laughs> 
So they'd, they'd piss it. Bro, that's the mathematician in you. Right. That's big brain. I want Everton to finish 17th every year. Yeah. I want them to just always be on the push <laughs> yeah. of going. And the and fear. Going. Yeah. yeah, the fear. I want them to have those three games at the end of every year where they're like, we fucking stayed like, yes! Yeah. Yeah. And then they go into a new season going, Europe's on this year, boys. And they lose the first four and they're sad again. I want them perpetually just, just waiting for death to grab them, but never quite getting it. I want that. I want that. Yeah, no, that's big brand. That's better than them going down. Yeah. Definitely. I'm it's like, that. you know, like your mortal enemy, like the guy you hate most in the world. You don't want him to die. You want him to think he's going to die. You want him to be perpetually, terminally ill, just constantly worried. Like, I'm, is today going to be the day I'm gone? But it never comes. And he lives forever. Till he's a hundred when those Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Ever, that's Everton's life yeah. is living till a hundred with yeah. no sex. Yeah, that's what they're doing. There's, they'll never come, and that's they'll what happened. Never Liverpool. fucking jizz. The same thing happened in Liverpool last year. You just won everything, and then went the year without it, and that was yeah. it. There you go, and you just died a death. Would be fine. But I don't want. Ever, I don't ever want Everton to go down. Yeah. Now, after saying that, I'd much prefer that. I'd enjoy it for a day and a half. For a day yeah. and a half, I'd be yeah. like. <laughs> Yeah. But then after that, I'd be like, oh, no, this is not. Yeah, it's not, it's not the joy Liverpool fans think it'd be. Yeah, and imagine like the buzz around them when they come back up then. Yeah. Like, wow, we're only back up, wow. we're on the high. Like, yeah, you know. You know. Uh, another thing, Adam, you were on Andrew Schultz's podcast last week. I was, yeah. I know you're on this podcast. Yeah. Life comes such a fast, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you think about it. Like, hey, I, I mean? think they're both great. There's a reason I asked could I come over to this, you know what I mean? You're fucking killing it over here. Because you've been going for a few years, well, and you must be two. November over two years 2020, in. yeah. 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 Like, I've, been, I've been watching you for a while. Like I don't listen to the full episodes because I don't listen to any full episodes, but mm. I've, I've seen the clips you've put out. I've been seeing what you've been up to and... Yeah. You flirted with Terence when you because you liked something. When this was, was that? Bleeding ages ago. Someone tagged us and you and you on Twitter saying you need a link up and you liked it. And like, this was a year ago. Why <laughs> bringing him going? Adam Rose booked in and all. Yeah. Yeah. So you were flirting with Terence for a long time. Yeah, I meant yeah. I meant to messages when I was because I knew I was coming over in January. Like I meant to try and sort it then, but I just fucking forgot because my brain yeah. just empties itself. You know what I mean? Well, look, mm -hmm. is that happening now? Yeah. We're all happy. Terence can check this out. book a list now. Boom, boom. Yeah. <laughs> Just checking out now. Wrap this one up yeah. then. Right, so have a word podcast, adamroad.co.uk. Get on, get your tickets. Get on, give his podcast a listen. And if well. anyone does want to watch the stand-up specials, they're on the Have A Word YouTube channel. So they're, all, they're both for free. One's called Imperious and one's called Juicy. So Imperious is a traditional hour of stand-up. It's a good like entry. Like If you want to go and watch like what I'm normally about. Juicy is an hour-long breakup story and... There's a reason. There's like three reasons it's called Juicy. It's I bit, know. I bet I know one of them already. What? This is something to do with Juicy Couture tracksuits. Yeah. So I'll ruin a little bit. I, when I was in New York at the start of last year, I and this is obviously all made up, I found out that my girlfriend at the time was stealing from me. She was using my bank card behind my back on the first night of an eight-night trip. And the first thing I found out that she'd stole was a Juicy Couture tracksuit. <laughs> That's in the first five minutes of the show, so I haven't ruined anything. Yeah, I can't. I'm not even going to argue with her about that yeah. one. It's not bad. They're going <laughs> to rob someone and boy, boy, a juicy guitar. I'm with her. I'm like, yeah, I think. Yeah. Wait until, yeah. wait until you find out the rest of what it was like. Well, I already did. I know how to crack. Anyways, tell them. Before we eat. wrap it up, you said Dylan Moran does your favorite stand-up special. One of them, yeah. Dylan Moore and Monster, yeah. What's your other favorite? Give us your of favorite. all time, of all time. Yeah. Um, okay, so. Dylan Moore and Monster, Patrice O'Neill, Elephant in the Room, Bill Bears, Let It Go, 
I'd probably say Sticks and Stones by Dave Chappelle. And then... We have our favourites. We were talking about the other day. Eddie it was Murphy, mad. Delirious. Yeah. Yeah, 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 And Eddie Murphy Raw. Outrageous. They are great, they, aren't they? It's so mad that he went from doing them to like kids films. Kid bleeding yeah. the Nutty Professor. It, it's, it's it makes no sense. Gear yeah. change. Yeah. Because growing up, that's who he was to me. He was like the Nutty Professor and all this. And then he's like Donkey and Shrek. And then like, <laughs> you get to a certain age and you're like, you know he was like a proper comedian. He's talking about for like fucking bitches and all. And you're yeah. like... Eddie Murphy? So no. controversial. Yeah, like, like, no. Like, the most homophobic stand-up you've yeah. ever Yeah, Of its time. Like, it's so funny for of its time. Yeah. If you did that today, you'd, like, you'd oh, yeah, bang out of order, but, like, mm. at the time, like... He didn't give a fuck. So outrageous, but if you want any sort of education on where sort of comedy came from, and, like, he's inspired so many comedians. Andrew Schultz, who you mentioned before, has literally said he wouldn't be a stand-up if it wasn't for Eddie Murphy. So, mm. but we wrap this one up, and we know you've flight to catch. This is the thing about Ryanair: you get over early, but you'll probably be delayed going back. There. <laughs> That's the problem. But thanks for coming in. Episode one, two, two. Take us out there, Siobhan. Boom. Subscribe to this podcast for free on the Go Light app. The hip knocker. Come down, come down.